Hello and welcome to episode 31 of the Dropouts podcast. We are here with JP and Shawnee B. Yo. Today is a really exciting episode. We're going to be talking about what JP titles the art of persuasion, Ooh. aka selling. Nice. We got a master salesman in the form of JP here today. He's going to shed a little bit of light. <laughs> the grand master. The grand master. <laughs> On this, this, this episode is not about me. It's not. It's not. <laughs> no. It's not. No, no. I just, you know, I, I think we were talking about this before, like that, you know, what what is coined the term sales um, has very much uh, I guess like sales has always had like negative connotations. Mm. Even Jeremy Miner talks about sales. He says like how sales people viewed in society, and this is like you know lower status, for example. Yeah. And the idea is, well, I think what we want to talk about today is um, yeah, sales and stuff like in the more traditional sense, but also the fact that like the art of persuasion or influence, like it's as well. just it's everywhere. It's yeah. like, like I mean, everyone sales that we know yeah. sells yeah. something. Everyone's selling something. Totally. Right? Everyone. Yeah. Doesn't yeah. matter who it is. You I sell to your husband, sell to your wife, sell to your kids. Yeah. I, I want to play golf on the weekend. Yeah. I'm selling. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> there's one, you know, there's, there's so many of those um, online sales figures that you see on Instagram and on TikTok and um, on YouTube. I don't know. They've just sort of, uh, they've been around for a while, but a lot of them have been like investing more into content lately. Yeah. But there's one guy, I think, he, I think it might be Daniel something. I follow him on Instagram. Mm-hmm. What is he? He's like a... He's a good looking bloke, he's slim, he's, he's short and he's very enthusiastic when he talks. Oh, is he half Asian? I'm not sure to be honest. <laughs> I, don't know, I, just, I just remember like a Eurasian looking dude. He, he kind of does. When he talks in, it's funny, you mentioned like, you know, you're selling to your mom and your dad and, and all these other things. He goes, he's talking to a bunch of um, these people that come to his talks and he's like, you people don't even put in the same effort that you do in your own sales career but you sell to your mum your dad mm. your sister your cousin every day when you're like yeah. oh come to this concert you sell other people's mm. brands yes. you say oh come to this come to this show I'm gonna go and you recruit yeah. people wow, to come on board and he's like you guys are doing yeah. it but you don't even put half the fucking effort into your own business that's, that's, like, the half yeah. the, that's like the highest form of sales. like if you get people you get to the point where people are doing that on your behalf yeah. then you've done something but right but sales is like one of the oldest occupations like yeah. in terms of like not occupation but in terms of like as you skill, say, I guess. a skill just being yeah. able to sell your ideas because that's all it is and you're selling an idea and, and the thing is, I think like what we want to do, like part of what we want to do today is probably um, not necessarily like break the stigma, but I think talk about like where the benefit, like what the value is in like, mm. in, in, in I guess in sales in the traditional sense. What I mean by that is, for example, like um, there's a, oh, it's not a saying in sales, but like, you know, people always talk about, or we always talk about the fact that like people have a set of problems, right? People mm. tend to sit on their problems. They have issues, they have uh, whatever it may be. Let's just say, for example, like, um, oh, I'm just going to use the example of property because it came to mind. Like people have, uh, you know, uh, they have current state problems or they have future state problems that they're just sitting on. They think about them all the time, but they don't necessarily do something about them. For example, you know, they, they know that in 10 years time, they want to be able to buy this house and live in this particular area or do X or Y or Z. Um, and people tend to sit on those problems. And I think what, what salespeople, what good salespeople are really able to do is help flesh out and you know do what we call like discoveries you know Maddie like mm. on those on those problems to understand a bit about what they are like how could they can impact someone mm. like talking to someone someone says that, that you know um oh you know like for example when it comes to like buying a property or when it comes to like building wealth long term you talk to people about what their goals are for example and then you say okay what happens if you're not able to achieve this or what happens if you're not able to um you know, make X amount of money or to um, buy that first investment. What does that mean for you in five or 10 years time? And kind of getting people to the point where they come to their own realization. So I think good salespeople and people in sales are able to uncover pain that already exists. Because I think that the stigma to do with sales is like salespeople like push down things down your throat. Like door to door salesman. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. Or if someone like, if someone like, if I'm trying to tell you in the same context, like, oh mate, you, you got to go and buy property. You got to, yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. it's the best thing to do. You got to buy a property. Or well, there's a guy, like you said, Shorty came the other day. It's like, oh, you're the owner of the house. He literally mm. came, he's like 19 years old. Good bloke. Yeah. Good yeah. That's, that's, yeah. A, that's a good start. So, 19 yeah. years old, knocking on doors. As opposed to like, you know, giving a- Tell me about yourself. Right. As a, yeah, some people give like a laundry list of these features and they're just like listing no these features. benefits. And I'll just premise by saying I am not an experienced salesman. Yeah. However, in the last six months, I've learned so much from um, being put in an environment where mm. I have to like make calls to people about a product that I'm still really f- unfamiliar with. Mm. Um, and it's been a lot of fun. And I think like before we go into, I guess, the theoretical side of sales, because that's definitely not what we want to be doing so much yeah. today. I think we want to be talking about, I guess, some of the funny sides of sales, yeah. some of our own anecdotal stories, yeah. as well as like 
yeah, just comparing some some funny of those, um, I guess, online influencers that claim to be these sales gurus because there's a lot to unpack in this yeah. in this episode. How about we start with this? what's something that you've tried to sell to either your wife, to either your mum or dad, you know, whether it's recent, you know, to somebody that you've you've tried to like sell an idea to to try and get something from them or try go do something. Mm. Like not in terms of like sales Selling, as in like corporate. But corporate, convincing. Or just convincing someone or trying to influence someone. Oh. Well, yours was golf. Is that like every time? Well, no, no. My, <laughs> mine was actually um, uh, not that long ago, maybe three, four months ago. Um, and I, I definitely like, consider this like sales. Mm. Um, uh, my brother-in-law there, I think I told you guys this story. Their Hilux like broke down. They took it for service mm-hmm. and... Basically, they came back and said like, oh, it's going to cost you $3,500 to fix it mm. uh, because um, the EG, it's called an EGR cooler. God knows what it is. I don't know. I, I'll Google it, but I forgot that what it means. Anyway, this EGR cooler had blown, cost three and a half grand. Warranty expired the year before, a year ago. So we're completely out of warranty by like 12 months. So there's no chance on that. So they basically gave it to me and they're like, can you like try and sort something out here with speak with Toyota, what have you? <clears throat> anyway, so I I did a bit of I did a bit of research, and it turned out that this particular Hilux, this particular Toyota model, um, if you if you had bought that if they had bought that car the following year, it would have had two years longer warranty. Mm. So rather than three years, it would have been five years. So basically, and then I looked up the lifespan of this EGR cool, all this stuff. Basically, went back to Toyota and I said like, look, we're not happy with this. If we'd bought the car a year before. Uh, like it's just not fair that we we copped it when it comes to the warranty like this would have been covered if we had bought the car a year later mm. so can you kind of escalate this to Toyota and what have you anyway I went back and forth with them for a while they first said they couldn't do anything and I said look can you escalate the head office because like we're not happy with the situation mm. what have you um, anyway long story short they came back like three four weeks later after a lot of back and forth and they said they're gonna they cover everything parts and labor oh wow <laughs> I love that it's the best feeling same best thing happened feeling. with me with Mazda a few a few months ago where like um there was, was, was a key there was an, no not the oh, key there was the an key. issue with the brakes oh the key <laughs> oh the key the, the key, key is a fucking nightmare the and it's hike. Such a, it is a good feeling when you're like going to the person that sold you something and then you like kind of pitch back to them like <laughs> yeah. no 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 you throw guys owe me and throw it back in their court but that's what people don't think they can do right mm. like they don't have that like feel like they have the ability to be able to throw it back to those type of corporations correct Where, like just mm. the end and maybe your instance you did you like go okay well this is what you want from me but now this is what I want from you I think the might, the reason for that might be because you're in sales so you're yeah. you're now used to the feeling of like handling objections and mm. having and being put in an uncomfortable situation when mm. when you're like, and because that's the, in sales i think that was the hardest thing to initially get over is like the idea that someone can say no or mm. the idea that you're trying to get to a desired outcome just and being told no in general just being told like, no yeah one of the hardest fucking things bro that i found when i first started doing calls and like if my boss ever listens to this podcast he'll, he'll probably laugh because like pausing when you're talking yeah. I think when you get so nervous On the phone for the first time I remember like my first call I was like Hey this is Maddie From blah 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 The reason I'm calling out today Is XYZ And then just like Shut up yeah. shut Pausing's up. the magic bullet Pausing <laughs> And it's so hard Because you just want to <laughs> Keep talking Because when you're in a, It's like when you talk To a pretty girl For the first time You're like Hey And, da, 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 and you're just like rambling oh. And she's just like, yeah. like it's, because, it's, it's because it's tension There's a tension And you want to break it Because it's saying, uncomfortable He who speaks first loses Yeah that's right He yeah. who speaks first <laughs> I don't know And I think as well Like everyone's got this perception Of what sales can be like Especially from like Watching movies Like The Wolf of Wall Street I remember <laughs> when I first Watched Wolf of Wall Street I'm not fucking going anywhere uh, yeah, I'm, not, I'm not fucking leaving I'm not fucking leaving but then when he wrote that script, and I think there are still elements of that that are, um, I guess, like relatable to sales today. Who, Belfort? Belfort? Jordan Belfort. Jordan Belfort. But I think like, have you noticed from when you first moved into sales to now, things that have s- stayed the same or things that have changed? <clears throat> I just think that like, um, more than ever, like again, I, I just don't think the word sales has really kept up with the with like the job itself. Like mm. now, more than ever, it's always about uncovering and understanding problems. customer problems, right? <clears throat> and then ultimately, like helping people come to the realization that they either may or may not want to solve for them, and like mm. that's their choice, you know. But but the the good salesperson is able to talk to someone and understand, like at like at its core, what do they care about the most, and then. You know, they say like like solutions sell back to them, help them understand why, what the benefits could be. Because the thing is, these aren't like normal conversations. People don't have these conversations daily. Right. You know I mean, mm, no. they, yeah, they feel, they might feel they have some particular pain points or what have you, but 
people don't like think about them in the long term. People don't go, if I keep doing this for like six, 12, 18, 24 months, what does it mean no. for me? No, they you know put it to the back of the back of them. Yeah. I'll, I'll tell you some a time that I had to try sell very quickly, and it was like um, Shark Tank. We talked about that before. Oh, yeah. Shark Tank! It, it, it was it was similar, but um, so back when I was twelve years old, this is when the Eminem CD came out. First Eminem CD came out. Ah, uh, right? okay. And um, I went to. Uh, well, I was living in New Zealand. I came back to Australia um, to visit my mum. She took me out to buy my uh, birthday and Christmas present, and I wanted a discman, and oh, I wanted yeah. the Eminem CD. Hmm. Right. So we went to um, got the discman. Went to sound and as I knew I was going to go get the CD straight away. Went to it, grabbed the CD out, took it to my mum and I said, this is, this is what I want. Can you go get it for me? She said, no, straight away. And in the instant, I had to try sell to her why I could get this, even though in the corner it had the swearing. Oh, had, explicit, had explicit, explicit language. Yeah. yeah, and I was just How did you arguing. justify that? I just said, "Fuck you, mum." I was twelve years old. Yeah. <laughs> well, my mum was my my mum was massive on like you know swearing. Yeah, like yeah, like, like massive not, on not, not swearing. swearing. Yeah, hundred yeah. percent. So I was standing there trying to like sell this idea that I was old enough to be able to do that. I'd been listening to the tape already mm. um, that I'd got from my cousin, so I'd listened to all the songs before, and I was going through all this stuff and trying to just sell this idea mm. that I could. I was old enough to do it, but she eventually said no. But mum, so I got yeah. Oh, sorry, sorry. So I ended up in the Disney's Child album. You got the what? Disney's Child. Oh, no, you did not. <laughs> <laughs> when you mentioned that story, oh, it, funny. It, it made me think of like, if I was 12 years old in your position and I was you trying to give, convince my mum to let me get a CD, which is something that she's totally opposed to because of the swearing mm. in it, right? And it just made me think about like some of the small techniques or I guess like tone tone changes in your mm. voice or ways that you pose a question to get over some objections mm. and um i guess some of the the small things that i've learned in the last few months is like and you would you'd be so familiar with this is like using um language that's non-confrontational so mm. for yeah. example my boss said to me like using language like would you be totally opposed to mm. because if you say that to someone, they're going to be like, oh, well, I'm not opposed I'm not, yeah, to it. Yeah, so they almost concede. Rather that, than, yeah. oh, can we do this? Yeah. They're going to, it's an easy yes or no. Rather than like, would you be opposed to? Like, an and, open, I, and, yeah. and I tried this out in like, you know, an everyday situation. Me um, and um, me and my friend, we went out to dinner and uh, we went to this restaurant in Manly and it was fully chockers. Couldn't get a table at all. And we knew that the, the next in table was going to be like in about 45 minutes to an hour. I said, look, I don't suppose you, there was anything that you could do to, to help us out. It might be out of the question. And he's like, just give me a sec. And he went and had a look. He's like, all right, I've just pushed some tables along. We can come back in like the <laughs> next 10. Would you be so, totally opposed to us sitting on the floor? <laughs> in the kitchen? Oh, no. Man. Because humans, they psychology, want it. Psychology, yeah. Yeah, psychology. Man. They want to be able to yeah. help you out. They don't yeah. want to be seen as like, especially Australians as well. Mm. I don't know if it's different over if you've ever sold to companies in America or the States, but I feel like Australians are very non-confrontational. We concede to people mm. like, whereas in Americans, I, I've heard that sales in America is a lot more transactional. It's a lot more transactional because they're, they're used to one, like here is a lot more relationship based. Like people are used to like identifying and connecting with the person they're speaking mm. to. Whereas in the US, so big, they're getting calls from everywhere. Yeah. They're being sold to from like Nevada to LA mm. to New York and they don't really care, right? It's all, yeah. they don't, not that I don't really care. It's th they are conscious that it may well just be a transaction. Mm, Doesn't necessarily yeah. have to be, and kind of they, they don't mind the whole like like pitch me. You know, like that's not a thing here. Yeah, you, yes. you don't pitch anyone. Yeah. Who's the best pitch and what? You yeah, gonna, yeah, like I'll oh, give me give me a, give me a pitch or oh you know what, I'll give, I'll give you a minute or I'll give mm. you two minutes. You know, go for it. Um, whereas that, that it still happens here, but like less of a thing, I think. Well, and I think like something I'm interested in is like what drives someone to sales in the first place. I think for me, right. And for most salespeople, it's to make money because the the idea of like working a job for the set amount that you're gonna that you're gonna make and going up because I know people that work in corporate they might work in finance or they might work as a head of marketing and every day they're going to work knowing that no matter what they do no matter how much like they they how hard they yeah. work they're going in there for the same set amount and that's that's it's kind yeah. of disheartening yeah. Majority, especially when you're treated yeah. like shit from your boss or whatever the case is like that's yeah. that's yeah. that's shit but a lot of the um the workforce is products and services mm. so you have to sell like whether it's a product or a service but are you rewarded yeah, for yeah it? that's the thing are you compensate are you yeah. like do you have like a commission like other commission other commissions mm. involved and stuff the thing is you know what's funny mm. about that i only came to that realization later i definitely was one of the people that like fell into sales i'm not saying that that you didn't fall into it but like 
well, at the time I went into recruitment and I guess I didn't realize how much of that job was going to be like Selling. sales, right? Mm. So I fell into it. And at the time, like I didn't really, at the time I didn't care about money because like, oh man, Young. I was like for me to be yeah. earning 40 grand a year, which is what I started on. Yes. That was massive. I was yeah, like, what yeah. the fuck? I'm like, what am I going to do with all this money? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, what I'm is rich. 40 grand net? Oh, can someone can you calculate that? What's 40 grand net? What's that a month? That's got to be like a couple, a, couple, a couple grand. Like 40 after, grand? After tax, yeah. After after tax. So, so do it. Someone do no. it. Okay, so calculation. Okay. Go on to like- Not 40 grand. So what's 20% of 40 grand? So you get probably get tax 20% of 40 grand, right? Yeah, so five like grand. Yeah, just so what? So 35 divided by 52. More zeros. No, it ain't over, over a grand. Yeah, 674. Yeah. Six, 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 Jesus. Yeah. That's, yeah, oh, that's, that's 2,600 a month. Fuck, you can't even pay your rent. Anyway, so, I mean, obviously there was more buying power back then, back in the day. Um, yeah, and you but, live with your parents. But yeah, like, yeah, I live with the parents and like back then it was like hitting the phones and stuff. But yeah, like back then just getting into it, that for me, it was just like, oh my God, I've got a job in corporate and mm. uh, I'm earning like 40 grand a year, like as opposed to like working at Nike or the mm. movies or whatever. I think um, the first time I seen sales like planted in my head was when I, you know, used to watch my dad come home after he'd sold a house. Oh, yeah. I think that's where I caught that initial bug of like, where it's exciting if you sell something. Yeah. yeah like a reward, like a hoop of dopamine. Yet, yeah, like, of course. It's yeah. a rush, bro. Especially, but I think with tech, especially mm. your sales cycle is like three months. So you, you, what you're doing today, you'll see materialize in like next yeah. quarter. Whereas in real estate or if maybe if you're selling cars or if you're selling something that's a little bit more like higher, higher turnover, oh, yeah, yeah. Um, you kind of get the reward early. But mm. yeah, I remember my dad coming home after he would sell and I've, I've took a lot from him in terms of like um, learning from him, but mm. also steering away from some things because I think that's the first time I've seen like the highs and lows of someone working mm. in sales because he used to be on fucking cloud yeah. nine. If so, you sold a million dollar house, yes. come home, bake, like, bake go, dinner, bake, bake, go out for <laughs> dinner. Red panty night. My mum would be scared. Nah, he'd go outside. I just remember like very specifically, like he'd go <laughs> out. Why would your mum be scared? Because <laughs> like, he's just like, oh my God, it's red panty night. You sicko. I didn't even, th I, I just make his Conor McGregor says red panty that's night. what he's talking about but oh, yeah. Okay. yeah anyway oh, was he? so my dad used to go outside and like pour himself a scotch oh, and like so overlook knew. the veranda and like oh. and light up a cigar so you cigar. knew, was, uh, knew. Yeah, yeah, was we're a, on here we're on it it was be, like, like, I mean it's also I feel like a mad feeling of like and like I think of obviously this varies but man no better feeling than when someone's like obviously like for your dad for example someone that sold their house that's happy with the sold price or when we like you're selling someone something like and it's a Again, like it's funny because you say that you're selling something to someone, mm. but when you if you talk to that person, what are they saying? They're saying I'm buying something. Right. Yeah. So like Two in, in their eyes, like they're making a purchase of something that's it's a it's a it's an exchange of value. Yes. Yeah. So like it's nice to then you know I had a customer come back the other day who was like started recording um, a bunch of content like using Riverside and they're just absolutely frothing it right. Mm. Like that's just that's a mad nice, feeling nice because feeling. that. You know, when people sign on the dotted line, you obviously want them to feel as excited yeah. when they're using something or they, they've yeah. got something that they've bought as yeah. you feel like when you've, you know, got them to sign on yeah. the dotted line. Well, too. that's like in PT, like you see when they start getting results. Yeah. They start turning up more. They start doing the things that they're supposed to do, I guess. So in the beginning, when you sell them, you know, it's all exciting. It's the great. Dream. You've got them. But then down the road, when you start to see those results coming through, you yeah. start to feel then you're like, oh, okay, this is this is why I do it. Purpose. What, Purpose. Was, what was, can you think of like your first big sale yeah. that really got you? And, you know, I'd love to hear this from your end. Oh, I mean, that's the thing. It's it's like, a, I don't want to say it's a distant memory. I, I mean, I definitely remember it because um, it was like a tradition that... Um, we would, oh, this, I mean, this was LinkedIn specifically. I used to work there. Um, <laughs> Where's that? Uh, it's called, it's called oh, LinkedIn. LinkedIn Professional LinkedIn. Network. Yep. Uh, billion members now. It's like a Facebook Pretty crazy. business. Six billion people in the world. Billion wow. members on your LinkedIn. Um, yeah, so uh, I know the one at LinkedIn where like I printed out the DocuSign, the contract, and it was mm. just like sick feeling. Um, honestly, I don't remember that much more than that. What about any, okay, maybe not the first story. Oh. Like a, a, re a, a really, I guess- Memorable story from your sales career. Oh my god, I have a pretty funny one. Okay, it's like not necessarily selling rather related, but it's it is. Anyway, we had this thing where um, when I was in SDR, so SDR uh, like or BDR. For the people that don't know, give us a breakdown of what tech BDR. Looks so, like. so basically, the, the way that that sales works in software and in, in technology is that um, 
typically it's split up into like uh, different roles, meaning that there will be a BDR, what's called a business development rep or a sales development rep, SDR. And that person, that person's responsibility is to call people, to email people, to contact people. Lead and, generation. And generate leads from them. So generate interest from those people and then to set up calls in the calendar for another person who's called an account executive or an AE. So in this instance, the BDRs and the, or the SDRs, the sales development reps, are setting up um, meetings for, in, in this instance, like the, the rep, mm-hmm. um, which is what I do now, but I, I was doing a, the BDR role before. So anyway, um, I'd obviously make, make these a lot of these calls all you day. You were pond scum like me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the, the bottom feeders. The, bottom feeders. the, the, the leeches. I, I firmly believe that the people that would see the most success in, in, the, in, in the career of the sales, the persuasion career, the, the career of persuasion, are uh, the people that start in the SDR, BDR world. But Pause. Do you think the SDR role is harder than the AE role? Uh, yes. Everyone says this. It is. Fucking hell, It hey. is harder. Of course it's harder. Well, because you're, you're just grinding. You're just grinding. You're just grinding. But, so, but that's why it's good, because you get good. to the AE yeah. role, you're like, this is, the, this is the life, yeah, yeah. and you're making way more money. 100%. Which is why it's hectic. That's why it's a good training ground. Promote me, Ron. A- anyway... <laughs> Ron <laughs> So anyway, um, basically what we, what we would do then was I was working with three account executives as the BDR. So I'd be spread across their accounts. I'd be calling their contacts and lining up meetings for them every week, right? And then I have a certain like amount of like targets for meetings and stuff. Anyway, what we would do at that time is we would put the notes of the call in the calendar, uh-huh. right next to the actual calendar invite. We'd set up another invite with the notes so that the mm. AE could see the notes. Mm. And... What I would often do, I put the notes in and then I'd like hype myself up on the notes. In this particular instance, actually, oh no, sorry. This was when I was an AE and I set up, I set up the notes for myself. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I was an account executive and I had made this call myself and then I wrote my own notes in my own calendar. Mm-hmm. So what I did was I put in the notes like, like a bunch of stuff about the company and then I wrote at the end, <laughs> part of my French. They're ready to go, Juice. Go get them, you fucking sick cunt. You're the fucking best. Some, Do I know where uh, this is going? Shit. Then, oh. instead of inviting the contact or the prospect to the calendar invite with the invitation, I invited them to my notes. Oh. <laughs> so, he saw my notes. So good. And then, I had no idea and he replied. Oh, and I signed off. Go get him ju- like juice, you fucking. About yeah, yeah, yeah. I was calling myself the juice. <laughs> juice world. He replied to my to my calendar invite, and he goes, he goes, um, uh, probably should be careful uh, who you're inviting to your uh, notes. Thanks, Juice. Wink face. <laughs> oh, that's good. <laughs> it was good. What that's a good, good spot. I was actually. Was, was I there sh- a pit in your stomach? I had a heart attack. I yeah, had a heart attack. I'm like, I'm gonna lose my job. I'm going to lose my job. <laughs> you start packing your box in. So what, did he say? <laughs> what, what, what did he say to you? Bro, uh, so, oh, what was bro, his response roughly? It. it was literally that. It was like... Um, Thanks what? Or like something along the lines of like, uh, should be careful who you're inviting to see your notes. Winky mm. face. Um, and then he just signed off by saying, thanks, Juice, wink face. That's good, bro. What That's a good, good. sport. And, and then every time he emailed me from then on out, he ended up buying. Oh, oh no. you closed him. From then on out, every time he emailed me, he'd sign off with, thanks, Juice. <laughs> That's <actually. laughs> but you, You're lucky he was a good sport. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I know. You're lucky he was a good sport. But it was just funny because like, obviously the note was just me hyping myself up. Yeah, like, of course. Get him and it was yeah, but you surely got to understand that on the other side, right? Yeah, yeah, like, I do you know what I mean? I do have a similar story. It's not sales related, but when I was working at... Uh, when I was working at MISC at Para, I there's the, there's the receipt that you can print off and you can leave notes in. So, for example, say you come to the restaurant, you order a bacon egg roll and a large cappuccino. People used to come in and order like extra, extra hot. And this one lady came in and she's like, I want it so hot. So mm. I just wrote on the note, Burn the coffee. bacon and egg roll mm. and then large cap. And I typed in the notes, large cap, extra fucking hot, burn the shit out of it. <laughs> <laughs> and then she, I was like, hey, she's like, thanks. I'll just pay for my thing. I was like, no, do you want a receipt? She's like, yep. Oh, Printed it, gave her a receipt. And she's like, thank you. And then she read it and she was like, absolutely filthy. And oh, I was yeah. just like hiding. How like, did you know she, like that was, the, you gave her the wrong one. I gave her the right receipt. But 
I didn't know that the notes oh, would print off no. on the receipt. And then when did you realize? When she got the receipt and was mortified while she was reading it. Oh my she was like, What did she say? Oh my goodness. She did, I don't know if she said anything burn to the, the manager or whatever that was, but I was just like, burn oh, the fucking. Sh- burn, 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 yes. Burn the shit what do you want me to do? Yeah, that's fucking right. Hell, burn the shit out of the coffee. That's actually a funny as hell story. Yeah. <laughs> that's cool. That's cool. Oh. That is funny. Go so get him juice. I call you juice. The juice. Do you know where that came from? It was funny. Um, we had um, anyway. Some of the guys from school they call me the ju- they call me juice. How come? Or like? Juicy, juicy pee. Well, because we had the battle of the bands. Um, battle of the Ooh. bands at school. I remember once, that. And then me and um, me and one of the other guys from school got up on the microphone. The boys were like, "Oh, go get up on the mic!" And we started rapping like the notorious Big. Oh, hectic. So that's where the name. Juice came from. Okay. I may or may not have pushed it myself. <laughs> juice, you started juice, the, yeah. that you started the gossip <laughs> about yourself. I started my own nickname. Yeah. <laughs> That's the lamest That's thing. That's such I've a ever heard. JP thing. <laughs> <laughs> Badly. Uh, that story did remind me of something like the quote from. So we, we've been given this book. You know, do you know Sandler training? Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, you guys do Sandler. Sandler. That's old school. You know what? I don't know. Is it? So what's the new form of, of training methodology? Well, the newest then? is actually winning by design. Okay. Um, the one. Oh, that's me with. Hello. Yeah, go on. Um, yeah, the other, the, the mo- one before that was me- like medic. Okay. You know that? Yeah, medpick. Medpick, medic, yep. same thing. Um, but the mo- the newest one is um is by a company called Winning by Design, which is like that's the new one that like all the cutting edge sells. Mm. Yeah. Um, it's by Winning by Design, but it's um, it's basically a co- it's called Spiced. Okay. Uh, situation, problem, impact, critical event. Um, what's the E? What's the E, JP? What's the E? I forgot. And then D is like decision process. Mm. So situ- situation is like what is the situation? What are the what are the what are the actual events surrounding like this prospects mm-hmm. know, uh, problems or whatever they're going through? Um, the P is the pain. So like what are the pain points pain or what point. are the specific mm. challenges? The I is uh, what impact would your solution have on solving those pain points or those problems? Right. Um. Then the C is the critical event. So critical events are really important because what that means is like, let's use the context of um, buying a house, right? So, because okay, obviously that's what I think about all the time, <laughs> buying houses. Uh, <laughs> really? <laughs> really. Uh, so like, for example, someone says, oh, you don't want to buy a house. Okay, great. No worries. So like, why Like, why do you want to buy a house? And like, like why do you want to do it now? And they're like, oh, you don't want to buy it because of so-and-so. But realistically speaking, let's just say at this point in time, the reason why they want to buy in the next couple of months is because they're going to change jobs or they're going to start mm. their own business and the salary that they're on now is going to get them a higher borrowing capacity. So mm. the critical event is like, well, I actually want to quit my job in a few months and start my own business. Mm. And that means I'm going to take a huge reduction on paper on my salary. Mm. And the bank is going to look at me in a very different, different way, way. In, a th- in a few months later. So that's a critical event because what that means is that is driving urgency behind mm, that's like a in, sale. Yeah, that's like in PT if it's like a wedding coming up or if it's like yeah, a exactly. birthday coming up anything, or that's right. something a critical, that critical event they want to aim be, towards. It can be anything, right? Yeah. That's why they call it a yeah. critical event. Like it's it's a way to understand like what is the time, what is the realistic yeah. time frame? And it also brings a bit of urgency too. Exactly. Urgency right. to this. And you know if you don't have a critical event mm. that your chances of closing it are going to be lower. Mm. But this thing that you're saying, this spice, this training yeah. system, yeah. Uh, is Sandler the style of training? That's not, they're not mutually exclusive yeah, because no, no, Sandler no, no, like there's heaps of Sandler stuff that's involved right. with that stuff. But I'm saying like you can't like for example you can't go and follow like 16 sales methodologies. You got to kind of pick one and go. Mm. Sure, yeah. Sandler like Sandler is more to do with like techniques, like stripping line. For example, Sandler's like stripping line is when you're like oh, but like why would you? Oh, like, wh- wh- why do you actually have to do this? Like, well, why, why not just leave it a few months? Like, why not just do this in six months' time? And, and then they kind of come back, oh, no, no, no. Well, I kind of have to do it now because mm. if I don't do it now, like, that's like a technique in sound that's called stripping line. It's like when you're fishing, that's why they're called yeah. stripping line. Rather than pulling, mm. you kind of give the fish more. Well, just for those that, for some context as well, uh, David, David Sandler was, you know, in sales and he was trying to find his way in a sales career. He wasn't brought up in a sales household. Mm. He um, was new to, um, I guess, this this skill set. And he was, he was, I guess, one of the, the driving forces that changed 
the way people sell things because he noticed that instead of just giving a laundry list of features, people weren't really receptive to this. Mm. They, he, he was like, I guess, the first that initiated that um, process of asking questions and uncovering pain and trying to, um, you know, really relate it to the client. And But the mm. reason I brought up Sandler is because your story reminded me of one of the quotes from the book, which is like, either you said something or did something you weren't supposed to, or you didn't say or do something you were supposed to. Either way, you can figure out who was responsible by consulting the nearest mirror. Blaming anyone else is like standing <laughs> on your own toe. The nearest mirror then looking around for the person who made your foot hurt so i think that's like i think wow. that's one of you know we can talk about getting away from the theor theoretical side of sales mm. i think what do you think are some of the characteristics of someone who's going to succeed in sales clearly resilience mm. um what, what else are some of those key characteristics that you think are absolutely imperative for you to be able to sell in i don't know i guess like we're obviously talking about careers in sales but mm. i think that like Obviously, like we're talking about sales in the broader context, I think that, like, be a great communicator. Being yeah, a great, yeah, yeah, be a great communicator, be able to listen. Um, and you know, when we go through and teach our students, why well, at, at for college we talk about the ALF technique, and it's not so much about like in the sales um, sort of sit down chat when you're trying to sell PT. Pause the ALF technique, Sean. What's that? <laughs> so uh, <laughs> it's even just if having a conversation with someone. So ALF is ask, listen, formulate. Okay. So what most people do is they ask a question to answer. Mm. So as opposed to like listening, they want to jump in and answer the question or have their own conversation. They just want the other, other person around. So Alpha is just ask a question, listen, and then formulate a response for another open-ended question. But then like you said, it's like the pause in between as well. And then when they when you listen and they answer the question, you go, okay, so, oh, so you're saying that you want to use the dumbbells. Okay, so you say you want to use that and then you go back and ask the question after that. So that's mm. what Alpha is. So, you know, obviously it's communication, being able to build rapport as well is obviously a big one as well. And because you don't have much time to be able to do that in a lot of sales calls that you guys probably do. Like probably in PT, you have a bit more time to be able to build rapport. But yeah, um, that's a couple of skills there. Yeah, I think the listening thing is the thing that sticks out a lot. Mm. I think for someone, who, say for example, someone came into sales and said, how do you think you're meant to sell to someone? I initially would, would not have thought that as <coughs> there is as much listening needed. Mm. You probably thought it was pitching. Like, yeah, I just thought it was yeah. pitching the whole time. And features, I'm features, like, tell, features, me, tell me about your product. Features, like, you know, features. Me, I'm really realizing so yeah. much that like you don't need to talk that much. No, no. Hardly. And, and a lot of, um, uh, even Jeremy Miner, that guy that you saw me on his video because mm. he came to Sydney, um, like that kind of took it to a new level for me because he talks a lot about and he talks a lot, a lot about tonality. Mm. So what what he his whole thing behind tonality is that um, people under, people determine your intention behind your question by your tonality. Mm. So his his whole claim is that like now all all these people that are doing the similar sort of thing, whether it be selling or what have you, they're they're all kind of trained in similar. Everyone kind of does similar techniques. Everyone knows about uncovering pain, under, yeah. uncovering the customer problems, and what have you. But it is the way that the question is asked or the tonality that's used that determines the intention behind. It. For example, if you say to me like, "Oh, you know, I want to kind of you know, well, I want to cut weight or I want to drop some weight in the next kind of three four months," and he goes, "Oh, like, why is that?" Like, um, you know. Whereas a lot of the time he says that when people ask questions, they're asking with intention. Mm. Like they're asking with the intention that they know the person that is responding knows they're asking it for a very specific, specific reason, reason yeah. as opposed to genuine curiosity. Or he talks about confusion and curiosity when you're mm. asking questions like- um, Digging the rabbit hole yeah, like, or going like, down the rabbit hole. Why is that, like, wh why is that important to you? Mm. As mm. opposed to like, oh, okay, and and um, and what, and oh, you want to lose some weight? Great. Why is that important to you? Like, it, it just yeah. sounds like a rehearsed script. Uh, that yeah, is not used, genuine. That it's going to be used again. And he says the reason mm. people shut down is because people know that these answers yeah. are going to be used against them, which yeah. is why they don't tend to tell. Yeah, but that's also why you know you don't. I didn't never really use the word why because it can come across as a bit of an attack. Yeah. Um. In some in some point. So. For example, when someone weighs in and they don't lose the weight, oh, well, why didn't you lose weight this week? Yeah. As opposed to, oh, so what stopped you from being able to lose weight? Mm. So again, in terms of the phrasing that you use as well, but then the tonality of that as well. Something that I learned recently was, it, it blew my mind, like how crazy this was. So I'd just like to share like, so the 90% figure wasn't plucked out of thin air. So this is talking about the 55-38-7 formula. It was Albert Murabian. What, a, what is this? A researcher of body language who first broke down the components of a face-to-face -face conversation. This can be on, you know, face-to-face -face, oh, okay. or this can be nowadays how you're doing your sales calls on Zoom yeah. or on a live video call. He found that communication is 55% nonverbal, 38% local, 
uh, vocal, excuse me, and 7% words only. Mm. This is where the idea that the vast majority of communication is non-verbal originated. But does this really mean that less than 10% of information is conveyed in spoken words? And and it's actually true, bro. Like, isn't mm. that crazy? Like yeah. the idea that to get your message across, 55% of that- Body language. Is non-verbal, is mm. body language. How yeah. you're saying something, how you're standing, um, when you're communicating with someone. Mm. And literally 7% of it is the words. You sit there and just be like, yeah, and yeah, yeah nuts. Yeah, shit. Yeah. And People don't care about what you say. Yeah. Cheese, tomatoes, <laughs> I love you. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if it's that, but it might be. No, uh, yeah. I 100% agree. That's why I think that... Um like you, that's why you find that like the people that you maybe like you'll uh, you like mesh with or you feel an affinity towards you. It's it's maybe less about what they're they're saying, but how they're yeah. saying it, right. what they're, uh, you how know they're what I mean? open to yeah, your body just, language, like, how they like yeah. gesticulate, how they like. Move what, what they say. How gesticulate. Just gesture. Gesticulate. Gesticulate. But that comes back down to even when you meet the person, say, because you guys don't do much face to face, do? I wish there nah, was more of it. Nah. We oh, do. We I think like, prior to COVID, back in the day, mate. Oh, we do more face like PT's face to face the majority we, of the time. We used to say, um, we used to say like back when face to face was a big thing. We used to say like you're not going to close without seeing them in person. Mm, so used yeah, to, man, I used to fly to Melbourne, Brisbane, mm. used to get out and about. Um, how things have changed. How things have changed. Have you got um, any kind of Shark Tank shenanigans or like? Yeah, I, I do want to watch one of the Shark Tank videos. There was a couple on was there. there actually, that yeah, yeah we had laugh. that chat. We had a chat about Shark Tank before we, we, we jumped on, and see some of the pictures some of the, the sales pictures that they have. Yeah, yeah, I'd like to just get your reaction on them. I think like- These are pure pictures, right? This is pure pitching. Like, which is a skill in itself. Is, yeah. Because the idea, the funny thing is, is that like when you hear people pitch, the people that pitch really well, they describe the current state of whatever it is that they're selling that everyone else is doing. Mm. And they describe why that current state is a problem yeah. or why those problems are universal. Yeah, what's so, missing? So someone comes and has like a- I don't know, like I saw a thing the other day of like a golf, uh, sorry, a, a, a pram with like holes in it for golf clubs. Mm. And it was like, obviously they were like talking about like, oh, like take, take, take your kids struggling. To yeah, get, trying to get some time off to go and play around, like bring the kid with you, you know? Mm. And obviously they're trying to like address the problems up front because they're not obviously in a position because it's an ad, they kind of go and do discovery yeah. and ask what your problems are. They're kind of hypothesizing what the problems are. Mm. Anyway, go on. That's mate. a great idea. Is that a product? Yeah. But would you do that though? Because you see a lot of- I, mean, I don't have a kid. I know you don't, but would you take your kids to golf? No. Like, would, yeah, see, so. no, I wouldn't. I reckon yeah. you would. Maybe no, if I was playing, if if I wanted, if I was going to go play on my own, and yeah, I mean, maybe fuck, who knows? You know. I mean, it's the same as driving the cart around, isn't it? I, I haven't watched this video, by the way, so we're just going to play this, this one. one. Here. Excuse me, what's going on? Burn those. Why? Why are you selling t-shirts? You can't make any money doing that. I might. What are your sales for the shirts? I, I love the so intense I just music. The shirts, co-parent, which is underwear, and so this year we've made two hundred and seventy thousand dollars. And how did you sell those on our website? Your ask is 212,000 for 10%, correct? Yes. Why wasn't it 200 or 225? 212. Do I know the real answer to that question? Yeah. No, no, no it's your lucky number, I know. Lie to me. No, it's because I couldn't say 200 without stuttering, so I had to find a number that I could say without stuttering. Because once I stutter, then I'm, the whole thing I'm going to forget. So I, that's kind of why. <laughs> that's <laughs> a great answer. <laughs> You're an honest guy, man. That I is... don't lie. I'm sorry. So who's running this company with you? It's just me, myself, in my garage, just hanging out, you know, with my that's lawn chair. Great. Hustler, hustler. That's my setup. <laughs> I've been there. Wow. It's a good time. My friends come over. You're living the life. I'm actually living it. Like, even being here, this is a great time. <laughs> I See, like they like him. There's a there's no a like trust. Hundred percent. Why do you no what, like trust? What, what do you was think the about title that? of that? The best Shark Tank pitch ever. This person is to. Yeah, but that wasn't the pitch though. That was like after the pitch. Yeah, yeah, like, I'm sure. They, you know what I mean. But he had to pitch the, that. That was well, the yeah. part where he was trying to get the money. Trying to get the money. Yeah, yeah, the yeah. Money. He's selling himself. But you've seen ones where they come out and they do their pitch and they're just like, no, mm, it's no yeah. good. Like, what what do you think is going to be make a good pitch then? So you got into Shark Tank. You know what? Enthusiasm. What makes a you got to obviously, you know, obviously have a script. One thing, gotta, I, one thing I notice a lot of the good ones do is like they have some sort of pattern interrupt. So like mm. usually people are sitting there and they're like listening, they're listening, they're just like, yep, 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 yep. But then someone will bring something out. They'll be like, yeah. here, grab one. Everyone grab one. They'll be like, oh, this is cool. Like yes. there's some sort of pattern interrupt that yeah. like breaks the, this isn't a slide deck. Like yeah. boom, you're engaging. Yes. Like I think those pattern interrupts are really important because yeah. it kind of um, captures attention and engages the audience. So I think the, so. A lot of the good ones, they always give them something, or they 
yeah. a pattern interrupt. Like, what's a, JP, what's to... a pattern interrupt? Okay, so like, in the, I don't know the actual definition, but for example, a pattern interrupt is, let's just say you're running a, through a slide deck of information. Uh, oh, sorry, you're running through a slide deck. And a lot of the time in these sorts of situations, people have s- done these things before. So they go Thousands into, the they go into yeah, autopilot. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not talking about the person delivering it. I'm actually talking about the audience. audience yeah. They've seen a slide yeah. deck presentation before, or they've seen a pitch before, or they've seen... X, Y, Z before. And what happens is they go into like their own autopilot mode where they just mm. go, you know. Blank. It's, they just kind of, they, go, they yeah. go blank or they're just kind of in the rhythm of it. A pattern mm. interrupt is when you throw something in that kind of breaks that, um, I don't guess the, the staleness of yeah. like that, you know what I mean? Of that it's interaction. like PowerPoint presentation. Yeah, pa- so let's just say on a PowerPoint presentation, um, you bring you bring something up, something slides across the str- screen, makes the audience laugh or mm. like, or you ask them something and they engage with it. Yeah. Just some sort of like, I think a lot of good, uh, good pitches like yeah. that have a pattern interrupt. I think mm. one of the pitches that I saw was, I'm not sure if you've seen it. So it was a scrubber, but it was a smiley face. Scrub oh daddy. Oh my Scrub God, daddy. bro. We've got have one in the that? sink. Yeah, that was, I, that I do want to see one. this. Bro, I how see did this guy, oh God. Bro, bro, that that was unreal, that one. That, I haven't I seen it. I haven't seen it. Just type in scrub. There's no short rules from, hang on. I want to hear this guy's regrets from the Shark Daddy pitch you an extra hundred thousand i'm out i wanted to stick it to her first of all the reason why i never looked at this this uh, again is because scrub daddy is the second best-selling product in shark tank history that ever got an investment wow. it's Lori's. everything wow. she said she would do she did so i still got a little ticked off and i was like <laughs> all right well i'm gonna at least raise the price on her so i ratcheted it up just to make her feel bad about if she's gonna do the deal. That means even though I tried to rattle her, I tried to shake her, she still believed in it. So I won the battle, but she's doing so well with the product that Lori clearly won the war. Make sure you subscribe. You didn't win anything. I, such he, did, a simple, he didn't even win the battle. Well, yeah, I mean, credit but, to him for admitting that yeah, too. Yeah. But su- such a simple product. Bro, it is a sponge with yeah. holes in it. With a smiley face. Sometimes I Do you I know just why it's good though? Products, because like, it's like you can put the spoon in there. You can clean the yeah, fork. Yeah, and into the, into the But bro, if smile. you would come to me, if you, one of you would come to me and said, listen, I need 50 grand. For the I want to, I've Make got this scrub sponge. product. I'd laugh in your fucking face. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Bro. I've like, said that about so many things. But Frank Green, bro, imagine you came and you go, listen, I'm going to start the business. Water bottles, big ones. <laughs> that are metal. They're massive, that are colorful. Metal. And then, sta- <laughs> what about the Stanley ones? That are the new ones, bro. They're, they're bigga. bigger, bro. They're bigger. Yeah, they're well, bigger. Yeah. But, oh, I've got an idea. I've got an idea to like. They're to taking over Frank Green. Yeah, like, no I've, way. Yeah, I've got, you've crazy. seen. Them. I've got an idea to overthrow Frank Green. Water bottle. Big at the top, small at the bottom, fits in the car. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, I guess it's better that it fits in the car. And now, bro, everyone's got them. Yeah. But is this just? A pro- it, this is more than the product itself. It's but. marketing. It's marketing. Yeah, it's branding. That's what I'm saying. But Scrub Daddy was. More so the product. Yeah. Was it? Was, it, was Scrub Daddy Bro, more so the product? No, I mean, sh- no, but I mean, like the fact it's on Shark Tank is PR yeah, and marketing yeah. anyway. So like, I mean, True. it probably wouldn't have even got that big. And she had, what, he, he had, what's her name? She, I'm sure it would have been Have you ever a product? Have you ever just thought like, fuck, I'd just like to create an awesome product? Yes, of course I have. I think about it every fucking day. <laughs> it's one of those shower <laughs> moments where you're just sitting in the shower. Octavia, make a video out of this. So imagine this. Showering. Washing his, not here. Showering, washing my hair or lack thereof. And it just comes yeah. to you. you I thought of one the other day, but I forgot it. So. Yeah, but they, so but what's what's the difference between people that have an idea and these guys? These guys just believe like execute ex, yeah, execution. Bro, you tell me this is it. not their first businesses, bro. No, no, no. There's no not. way, bro. No, no, no. You yeah. know, ninety percent, not ninety percent. I reckon all the people I've ever looked at and I've gone, oh fuck, that. like, bro. You know what I'm keen to look at? Cool cabanas. I want to know who founded that, bro. The ones on the beaches. Okay. They're oh, everywhere. Oh, yeah. Do you know what I'm talking about? The ten things, the blue man. They're everywhere. Yeah. You go to the beach there. You have is them. Them. There's hundreds of them. It's, yeah, like, it's like a shelter. Yeah, it's a shelter. Yeah, it's one stick in the it's middle. Got four legs and it's four, four like bro, it's a piece of material over mm. a stick. Beach products <laughs> are awesome. Beach products are great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're specific, and you can just sell to everyone who goes to the beach during summer. Yeah. What would be a cool beach product? I think something for your head. I think there's already them. Like fold out like... No, but we have yeah, to figure out what the... Yeah, well, I have well, one. First of all, you, Bahama, you have yeah. to figure out what the problem is when you go to the beach. Well, what's a problem Shackers, about going to the beach? Uh, sand. Sand, sand, ah. on your, <laughs> sand on your feet, you know? So sand. What's a product that you can come up with? Like, like foot a condoms. shoe or a... <laughs> hey! Genius. Foot condoms by dropouts. <laughs> Wrap your willy. Let's get silly. Get out to the beach and get the sand off your... What are you doing, I'm just thinking foot condoms. Yeah, know. yeah, I get you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but that's generally what it is. 
It's like, what's the problem? What's the issue? And then yeah. obviously you go from there. What's the issue? Think about it. Think of a product, then do nothing about no, it. No, that's, like, that's the recipe. Yeah. Keep it in your brain. That's the Keep it in your brain. And then when someone else does it. go back to your nine to five. I thought of that first. Yeah. Back in my day when I had that idea. What? Tired of sandy foot jobs? We got the perfect product for you. <laughs> oh, that's, that's bad. Sorry, sorry, oh, sorry. Maybe we should do that. Just become make a product uh, and just like love to make action with it. Action, action it. The dropouts. We will be millionaires. <laughs> what's, the problem, what's the problems in here? I do want to say like Andy. Okay, what about Andy Elliott? Let's have a look I at really Andy. I really like Elliot. Andy Elliott. Do you? But I mean, what are we going to play? He's from full him? on Andy Elliott. Are we going to pull up another on. video that we haven't, pre- we haven't watched before the podcast? <laughs> oh, you put the one on when he's telling that guy that he's unfit, un, un, unfit and unhealthy. On stage, and I think he tells him to take your shirt off, and he's got a he's got a gut on him. You're fat, Jeremy Miner's videos pretty... are so good, bro. Dude, sell me this pen, Jeremy Miner one. That one's good. Uh, oh, he's good, eh? Yeah, he's good. I'm gonna tell you this: my entire company, my entire team. If you don't have a six pack, you don't work for us. Oh, this is. <laughs> no, I know. It's the most absurd thing to say. Colts. Everybody say standard. How about we raise him? <laughs> How good. about we raise him? I do like him. How about we raise him? How about you guys quit getting fucking civilized and you guys quit settling? You know, there's some people in this room that said, ah, I would sue my, my, my uh, company if they uh, told me I had to have a six pack. We know you would. <laughs> that conversation was for the one percenters. That wasn't for you. <laughs> I'm you, you if you're fat, you don't work here. <laughs> I reckon these are going to be great. The one, the one you're playing before where the guy doesn't shake his hand. Like I do like Andy Elliott's energy. I understand why some people like that. They don't feel an affinity yeah, towards yeah. him. But yeah. You guys are here for sales training, but I'm here to tell you truly, selling is easy. It's the easiest thing I've ever done in my life. Closing a deal tomorrow, you'll see we'll get on stage and I will shut anybody's ass down just like you guys can too. And we're going to show you how to do it. But God, man, if you guys don't get this special tie-in from fitness, from health into the business, you're never going to make it. And listen, you'll never compete with the best and be in the top 1%. That's for sure. Do you believe that? About, about like fitness and no bro, being the thing thing so many fat billionaires listen, listen bro that's what I was going to say bro, it's just, so it's just, un- it's, it, look it's, it's, it's the thing is though He's talking about mindset. Like, with all due respect to like obviously like I know I, I train at the gym and shit this whole notion that like it automatically translates mm. being fit and whatever to the business world is just it's absolute fucking rubbish. No, yeah. it, it can. Is, it is it rubbish. It can. Yeah. But the fact is, is that you can be really excelling in your health and fitness life and, and you can still be broke. fucking fight assing around and yeah. everything. Like it's, yeah. yeah well, th- like there are, there are beha- yes, there are behaviors that can like cross over, tri- cross over yeah. and what have you. But like, there's just no way that like, it's not like an, it's not an automatic switch. Over. Yeah. Well, I play, I trained plenty of CEOs that were terrible at training. And yeah. terrible and at their nutrition and they were killing it. Yeah. Well, yeah. let me tell so you something. It's and like, quite frankly, a lot of the time- It doesn't translate. It's like, there's, it's like what's that game? Seesaw. Whack-a-mole. Yeah, exactly. It's a seesaw. seesaw like whack-a-mole. Yeah. When you hit one, yeah. one goes up like excelling at work. You Maybe yeah. you start to let go of your thing. If you're doing really well in like health and fitness and training, like work drops off a bit. Like it, it can work that way. And, yeah. You know what I mean? So- yeah, and look, don't get me wrong. Like, for example, I think about the behaviors that we have. We get up at five and train and what have you. But I'll tell you right now, there are days where I can fight us around until fucking 9 a.m., even though I'm back home by like 6.37. It's ridiculous, yeah. right? So it's not like, oh, great, I've got all these extra hours. No, some days I make the most of it. Some days I don't. Some days yeah. I do shit all, even though I've got more hours in the day, technically. So Yeah. Well, look at Jeff Bezos. He's only just started in the gym. Now yeah. he's jacked. I feel like he already looked pretty nah, lean. No, I would say that in the last five years. But then you look at Elon Musk, you look at all the other billionaires, it doesn't look like they... No, there was a guy who was the MMA. senior vice president at LinkedIn, no word of a lie, his name was Mike Gamson. The most charismatic person I've ever met in my entire fucking life, mm-hmm. ever. You've got to watch some videos of this guy. Anyway, so personable, so relatable, just like captures your attention. Everyone, it's just like the most loved person mm-hmm. Pretty much every other company just absolutely adored him. Anyway, he gets up on stage, he's talking about he's like pretty lean guy. Everyone's like, oh, so like, you know, how do you, you look pretty lean and fit? Like, what's your, what's your regime? And he literally goes, this is like a sales kickoff with like thousands of people there. He's like, honestly, it's pretty embarrassing, but I do nothing. <laughs> no way. <laughs> he, does, he, has, he doesn't do any training whatsoever. He's like, he, I go on the occasional like walk. Mm, so walking, like, there you go. You know I what I mean? But, just walking. You know what I mean? But so it's just funny that like, um, Obviously, like there's a lot of influ- like there's a lot of influencers out there online. It's like you get up and like you get up at mm. five and you do this and like all of you know this yeah, translates yeah. to like it, it translates to all smoke and mirrors. Again, we, yeah. we talk about Alex Hormozzi a lot, but I love how he's like if you the best thing to do to start is just start. Mm. Yeah, like people do go through like two hour routines in the morning and they've done all of this thing when they could have just 
go yeah. to their desk and start working. But Hormozzi is also like, you do what you like. Like he's like, if you like working 16 hours a day, Just do it. Work. I like working and training. That's all I like doing. So if you want to do that, do that. Do, like, yeah. do you know what I mean? He's not like, you, there's no prescribed method. Like he said, whatever yeah. you enjoy. Do what you want to do. Do what you enjoy. Like, do, you, do you see yourself staying in sales for, for a while? Look, I, I mean- I um I really like what I do and I, I think that like I know that we talk about it in the sense of sales but I just love I love working for a good company with an amazing product that solves like real problems and seeing the excitement that people get from like investing. Well, yeah. and it's easier now that you can sell your own product because we are actually sponsored by Riverside. Well, <laughs> we're using Soon. the We're product. using Riverside. We are Riverside. I, I think Riverside. you're always going to be selling though. Mm. Like, you're probably always going to be oh, selling. Oh, yeah, yeah, for, for like, sure. Even, like, even when you had your cafe, you were selling. Yeah, like, even, it's, even when it's, I'm, it's even when I'm like, let's just say I do property, more property related stuff, like I'm still going to be selling the concept yeah, of like, gonna, here's why right. it is a better decision to invest here versus yeah. here. And that's still selling. That's why they call them Influencers, yeah, that's shackers. Yeah, really, shackers. The art of influence. That's uh, mm. Robert Cialdini. Mm. Any thoughts? Great book. How to win friends and influence people. Wow, mm. what a book! If we're talking about sales, goddamn, that's a brilliant book to read. Yeah. What's another good book, sales-wise? Um, yeah, Robert Cialdini. The, uh, oh my goodness! Um, never split the difference. Mm. It's about a, it's about a guy who was a, a former FBI hostage negotiator. Oh my oh, wow. god! He talks about negotiating with like hostage, hostage with, takers. With hostage takers, and wow, like that'd be fucking unbelievable. Sabri Subri had a good book I was reading. You know that guy? He the one he was selling the online. Bulk, He's got great head. ads. His he does. Yeah, awesome. um, yeah, but his book was good because it it takes you through exactly what you should be doing. Yes, it's just really it's very um ching ching applicable. Applicable. Yeah, it gives yeah. you actual practical things, things to go that and you do. can do. Yeah, I love stuff like that. Are you it's tired good. of? <laughs> are you burning money? Have you seen those? Are you burning money every week because of your dog shit product? Yeah, that's exactly it. That's getting no results. Yeah. Well, by the That's sport. exactly the script. Funny, it was good. Yeah, yeah it sounded, sounded like him. Well, all well, right. Good job, guys. Well, well let's um, start our um, podcast. All yeah. right, let's all, be, let's all close off with a pitch. Ready? Go, I want you to pitch. I want you to pitch. pitch I want you to pitch the Dropouts podcast. Oh, fuck. I'm not ready for that. Okay, Sean? Well, pit, you got to pitch the episode. Um, okay, I'll pitch the episode. Actually, I'm ready for that. All I'm right, go. Take that off. Um, I got nothing. You guys go. <laughs> <All right. laughs> Look, typically when I speak to podcast listeners like yourself, the one thing that we're really hearing at the moment is a lack of consistency. A, they're not dropping on a regular Monday like we are at 5am every episode. Oh. Number two, are we? there's a very set um, preconceived ideas of what they're talking about. We vary the product. We vary the topics. We vary um, what we're talking about. And number three, there's a lack of actual applicable real world um, anecdotal stories which I think three of us from three different very mm. very different walks of life can actually provide some value to you so if you're walking home if you're driving home if you're sitting out there and thinking I want something to hell listen to hell if you're crawling home hell if you're <laughs> crawling home tune into the dropouts podcast 5am every Monday episode 31 three good looking blokes on the podcast and um, that's, 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 good. that's the well done. The tone kills me. We'll leave it there. That's good. Yeah, we'll, leave, we'll leave it there. That's good. It's it's beautiful. It's good. It's good. good. It's good. It's off, good. Off the cuff. Off the the cuff. You, need to, you need to just be on the radio because you've got. I've got a head you've got for radio. Small, you got the fucking small Z surgery voice. Yes. Yeah. 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 You know what I mean? G'day, guys. I'm Vic Lurisay from thecarcity.com.au. That's an absolute Steve Taylor. Let's head down the M4 westbound. That's actually fucking gun. Until 32. All right, see you, gang. Thanks for tuning in. Dropouts. See you. Catch us.